listening to this podcast. Welcome to the No Shingar No Play podcast. It's your boy, Rene Pastora, aka at Cheesepea92 on IG. Uh, so this is going to be a podcast that we're going to be talking about the world of football, El Juego Bonito. We're going to be covering currently uh, World Cup qualifiers in La CONCACAF, CONMEBOL, Asia, Africa, and then when uh, Europe gets started, we're going to be talking about that too. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about Euro 2021. Uh, Euro was supposed to be, be uh, being played last year, but due to COVID, it got pushed to this year. So we're going to have a summer packed full of football. We're starting this recording a little bit after 10 p.m. Pacific time, and we are going to get started with the Comebol. Now, today was a day packed full of football. Uh, we had five games on La Conmebol, and we had about five, maybe six games that had some ramifications on La CONCACAF. So in La Conmebol, we had Peru going to Quito playing uh, Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador has actually been playing really well so far. They've had three wins, um, but as of this past weekend, uh, they actually played Brazil and lost that game. Uh, so, you know, them receiving Peru, um, you would kind of think Ecuador at home in Quito, it's a, I believe it's an elevation. So they would have the home field advantage. Um, but Peru came out and surprised them. And uh, they took uh, a 1-0 lead after Christian Cueva had a little tap in uh, around the 62nd minute, if I remember correctly. And then Luisa Mincula came in and scored in the 87th minute. Now, uh, Joao Plata... Uh, came back in around the 92nd minute and made it a little nervous for the Peruanos, but Peru was able to maintain that uh, lead and took the three points away, uh, which really rescued their uh, World Cup hopes because they have had a very, very disappointing uh, opening to their World Cup qualifying. They've only had, before this game, they only had one point. They had one draw. And this win gives them four. Even though they're at the bottom, that still gives them a little bit of breathing room. And this is actually where they were um, four years ago during qualifying before they went on a tear and were able to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. And then we move on to the next game, which was Venezuela uh, receiving Uruguay. Now, that was a game that, you know, you would think Uruguay should be able to come out with at least three points. But actually, Venezuela... Played very well defensively, had their moments, but it actually ended up in a stalemate, 0-0. And uh, once again, that's one of those uh, games that kind of got away from Venezuela. If they wanted any chances to at least stay alive in this, because uh, honestly, being realistically, they are probably one of the bottom teams in La Comebol. Um, them, Bolivia, Peru are kind of there, but usually with Bolivia... Um, you know, they have they play in, in elevation in uh, La Paz, and that's always a very difficult place for many teams to go play. So um, Venezuela only got that, that draw, which gives them one point. Uruguay also takes that one point. It's a little disappointing, but, you know, they're still fourth in, in Comebol right now, which that is the last spot for uh, automatic qualification. And then the fifth spot always goes to Repechaje. So, I mean, for them, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but you would want to take three points away from Venezuela. And then we go to Colombia and Argentina. And I think that personally was the game of the day. Uh, Argentina started off really, really well. They had two goals in under 10 minutes. First, they had Cristian Romero score in the third minute. And then they had Leonardo Paredes score in the eighth minute. And, but then right after that, Colombia really started attacking because they were playing at home. You know, they're, they're playing in front. They, I think they were one of the only teams that had fans in the stadiums and... 
Colombia came back and they roared back and they were able to score one in the second half by a penalty by Luis Miguel and at the very, very, very last in the 94th minute, uh, Miguel Barroja was able to header one in and rescue that one point for Colombia. You know, Argentina's actually kind of had a little bit of a up and down kind of uh, World Cup qualifying. They have played six games, three wins, but three draws. And you know that you would think Argentina like three draws, you know, that's a little a little shaky. But once I they have a very young team to a certain extent, and they rely on Messi way too much, and it's still going on right now. And they have to realize this is Messi's last hurrah. This is Messi's last chance for a World Cup, and they really need to step up. All those role players, guys that play in Europe, they really need to step up if they want to let this man have a fighting chance for uh, to get his World Cup. And then you go to Paraguay and Brazil. Uh, Paraguay receiving Brazil. Brazil has been the best team in Comebol qualifying so far. Six games, six wins, and it was no different today. Now, there was one kind of uh, jue- uh, una jugada de polémica, which was in the second minute of the game. And that could have changed the whole game. Um, Miguel Miron, Almiron was taken down in the box. No call, no VAR. No PK. Right after that, Neymar scores in the fourth minute. And then Lucas Paquete comes in, scores in the 93rd minute. 2-0 Brazil. They take it from there. And then in the final game of uh, Comebol, you had Chile playing Bolivia. Now, Chile was playing at home. Chile should have won this game. 100% should have won this game. Bolivia is a team that when you play them, in La Paz, when you play Bolivia in Bolivia, they can't beat you. They can beat anybody on that when they're playing in Bolivia. When Bolivia plays anywhere else, honestly, it, it should be automatic three points. Not so fast. Chile scored in the 69th minute by Eric Pulgar. But Marcelo Martins Moreno comes in, scores a PK. And rescues uh, Bolivia, gets that one point. Now, there was a play towards the end of the game. I think it was like in the 94th minute. Bolivia could have stolen all three points. They're uh, forward because they took out Marcelo Martins. Uh, As soon as he comes out, this guy comes in. He gets a chance, blows it over the bar. Hey, you got to take one point. So as of now, World Cup qualifying for Comebol goes as follows. Brazil, six games, six wins, 18 points. They've only allowed two goals, so, you know, it's going to be very hard for teams to play Brazil. Anybody who's playing Brazil right now, away or home, Brazil's showing that they are the class of La Comebol. Then you got Argentina so far, three uh, three wins, three draws, 12 points. They should have more. I mean, I don't, in my opinion, they should, the, there's a six points uh, difference there, but, you know, Honestly, if you really look at it, like that should be a lot closer. Uh, Ecuador has nine points, but like I said, in these last two games that they've played, they've lost. They were they were in kind of a hot streak, but now this is what usually happens with Ecuador. Ecuador is a team that starts off really hot and then they cool down, and then you know sometimes they go in shambles. Last time, uh, last World Cup qualifying, they really, really, really were shaking down the stretch, and that's what kind of cost them that qualification. You have Uruguay with eight points. Colombia with eight, Paraguay with seven, Chile with six, Bolivia with five, Venezuela and Peru with four points each. Now, this is still very early. You have to remember that in a Comebol, 
you play everybody twice. There's 10 teams, you play 18 games. So, you know, you're not even halfway there. And, you know, the distance between three and 10 is only five points. So everybody's still alive there. Um, So these next, actually in September, the next games are actually going to be very key for trying to get some distance because the only team that really has distance right now is Brazil. You know, Argentina, they're they're still kind of within distance. And remember last time, Argentina got lucky. You know, they almost didn't qualify for the World Cup, but they were able to somehow Messi pulls it out of <laughs> pulls it out of his ass and carries that team to the World Cup. So, you know, it, we're still really early on in World Cup qualifying in La Comebol. Um these next games in September are going to be kind of key. So you got these are the games that are going to be in September. So you have Bolivia receiving Colombia. That's a tough game for Colombia. Like I said, you're going to La Paz, you're going to La Altura, you can't breathe. It's like it's like for for my Mexican people, Azteca. When you go to Azteca, you got to La Altura. Esa Altura, you can't breathe. So it's the same thing with going to La Paz. You have Chile receiving Brazil. Chile's got to take those points. There's, if you want to qualify, you're, you're Chile, you missed out on the last World Cup because you dropped too many points. you got to be out there and get at least, you want to win, but when you're playing Brazil, you wanna, you, you'll take a draw. you got Ecuador receiving Paraguay. Ecuador's got to get their stuff together because if they don't, they can be just doing the same thing that they always do, which is kind of slipping a little bit, losing points when you're playing at home. You can't do that. They dropped three points a day against Peru. You can't do that. So Ecuador's really got to go out there and, and take some points. Peru's receiving Uruguay. Peru, you want to go to the World Cup again? You got to take those points. Uh, and the last game, Venezuela y Argentina. Now, here's the thing with Venezuela y Argentina. The last three World Cup qualifiers, because I've been really paying close attention to Venezuela. I don't know why. I always root for their dogs. But Venezuela has always given Argentina a very tough time during World Cup qualifying. I believe they drew in the 2014 qualifiers. In the 2018, I think Venezuela pulled off a one nothing victory at home. So Argentina, you cannot go in there saying, oh, this is an easy dub because it's really not. And then you move on to September 7th, which there's always two Fecha Fifas when, uh, when you have a Fecha Fifa. So you have September 2nd. And now September 7th. September 7th, you got Chile and Colombia. Colombia is going to be the home team there. Once again, I when you're the home team, you got to get those three points. you got to take a, bit, a, a dub. Then you got Uruguay, Ecuador. Paraguay, Venezuela. Brazil, Peru. Sorry, Peru. Probably going to lose that game. And then Argentina, Bolivia. Argentina, you got to take those. And then moving on from there, we move on to La CONCACAF. Now, the CONCACAF was very different this time around for World Cup qualifying. Now, they were already in a change from the get-go before COVID happened. COVID really, really messed the whole thing up. So before COVID happened, uh, the way they were going to be doing World Cup qualifying was going to be that they were going to use the FIFA World Rankings. Now, I'm somebody who I really don't like the FIFA World Rankings. I think it's kind of bullcrap the way they uh, give assigned points and whatnot. So the way they were going to, way CONCACAF was going to do it this year, this year, uh, time around was going to be the first six teams were going to move on automatically to Exagonar. The rest of the teams were going to play some kind of tournament where they would have one winner. That one winner would end up playing the number four team from Exagonar in a home and away playoff. 
And then the winner of that would go to El Rapechaje against, I believe it's going to be either Asia or an African team. Winner of that goes to the World Cup. Well, due to COVID, they had to change everything up, which really screwed up my Salvador. Everybody who knows me, Salvadorian, have Nicoya. So, El Salvador was number six. And they decided, oh, no, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to do an octagonal. So eight teams going to the final tournament. And from there, what they ended up doing was they used a few world rankings. They did six, uh, six groups of five teams. And basically, you play two games at home, two games away. Whoever comes up with the most points in those six uh, groups ends up advancing. So in group A, you had El Salvador. You had Antigua Barbuda, you had Montserrat, you had Granada, and you had Las Islas Virgenes. And luckily, Salvador actually came up on top. Uh, had me a little nervous. Uh, it, after their first game, we beat Granada 2 to nothing. Went to Montserrat, had an early goal, decided, hey, you know what? That one goal is going to be enough for us. Oh, we'll play back now. And we got scored on. We tied against Montserrat. It was embarrassing in my point of view. Uh, we had a coaching diff- uh, coaching change. We got rid of Carlos Los Cobos, who honestly, when he first came in, I was a big fan. Then Los Cobos, you kind of uh, overstayed your welcome. Uh, we brought in Hugo Perez, who is a coach that played for the United States national team back in the 1994 World Cup. He is a uh, Americano, like myself. And he has been coaching for the United States under uh, their U15 team, I believe, and the U17 um, and finally, the Salvador said, you know what, let's give this man a chance. And he has come in and made a big difference. But I kind of got a little ahead of myself. Going back. So the way they were going, the way they did that was they separated whatnot. So every team that won their group, then you go off and pl- do a playoff. So today, every, I think every group but one was still up for grabs. I believe that, it, oh, there was, yes. So one group was already decided. San Kitts and Nieves. Who is that? I don't even know where that island's from. They won their group over Trinidad and Tobago, Puerto Rico. But honestly, you only have to name Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago was the disaster of this qualification. They tied to Bahamas, who allowed 15 goals. They tied 1-1, I believe, this past weekend. That was that was a shocking thing to me, because if it's, if it's Salvador, which they ended up winning their group, they would play. I thought Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago has always been kind of a hard rival for us, but we kind of uh, kind of got a got a little lifeline there, and we don't have to play them. So today, we had five spots still open. We opened up with Haiti receiving Nicaragua. Nicaragua is not very good. They are a team that's slowly, slowly, slowly building up their team. Uh, they have a couple players that have been able to branch out. A couple guys played in Europe. They had a couple guys playing in Sur America. But they still have a ways to go. And uh, they lost one nothing to IT. IT, congratulations. Um, but it's you got a hard, a hard second-round match. They will be playing Canada. Now, Canada, all they had to do today was beat Surinan. They won for nothing, one goal, Alfonso Davies, and then a hat trick by Jonathan David. I think Canada can be a very dangerous team this time around in um, World World Cup qualifying in La Concacaf. So in the next round, Canada plays Haiti. 
I think Canada wins that pretty easily. Um, I see Canada, like I said, being a surprise team. I think they can give Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras, Jamaica, um, USA. They can give anybody problems. Like They have world-class players now that are just... I think they're an up-and-coming team, and they can be dangerous. So then we move on from there. We had Curaçao y Guatemala. Curaçao is a team that has been... It's like one of those Caribbean teams that nobody knew about, but they've been building their team little by little. They have guys playing in Europe. They have guys just... You know, it's just it's it's very interesting how they a little Caribbean country who really kind of came out of nowhere is slowly kind of building like the powerhouse of the Caribbean of the Caribbean teams. Because um, you know, for the most part, when you when you think when you think about La Concacaf, you know, you think of Mexico, you think of the United States, you think of Costa Rica, Honduras, Jamaica, Salvador. Like you think of you know those teams that have been well known. Curacao has really just been coming up and. They advance. You know, all Guatemala had to do was score a goal, win, win a game over there. Um, couldn't do it. Now, they play Panama in the next round. Panama played today, beat the Dominican Republic 3-0. Here's the thing with Panama. Panama's team is quite old. A lot of their players that they had that helped them qualify for the first World Cup in 2018 are now gone. And I think that Curaçao can kind of pull the upset here. And I think they will beat Panama. And I think they will qualify for the next round. And then you have El Salvador and San Quintz, uh, Inieves. El Salvador, you better freaking qualify. You better win that. That is probably the easiest thing you've ever had in your life. Like, that is... You got you got a gift. Make it count. They won today. They they All they had to do today was not lose. And they were playing in El Estadio Cucatlan. Went out there, won 3 nothing. Um, Eric Savaleta, who plays for Toronto FC, scored the opening goal. And then you had uh, Diego Rugamas scoring the second. And then you had Wilmer, I think his name is Wilmer Flores, scoring the third. Now, World Cup qualifying now turns really quickly around for them. They play Saturday. So these home and away games are this upcoming Saturday. and I believe it's June 12th. And then the following Tuesday. And then from there, we will know who is going to El Octagonal. Now, already qualified to El Octagonal is the United States, Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras, Jamaica. Now, I think that it's going to be Canada, Curaçao, and the Salvador advancing to that. That is a very, very difficult, 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 difficult group. Now, I still think Mexico qualifies pretty easily. Mexico's always been El Gigante de la CONCACAF. They've slipped up from time to time, but Mexico, when they handle business, they, they're they kind of unbeatable. In La CONCACAF, let's not say they're completely unbeatable because they're beatable. Um, I think the United States has done what they needed to do. The United States was el fracaso of 2018. There was no reason why they should not have qualified for that last World Cup. I've always felt that the United States kind of shoots themselves in the foot because they've always play this same style, use veteran players, and I love the fact that they not qualify and the moves that they've made after that. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Greg Bellhalter, Bellhalter but he's slowly getting the job done over there. Um, so I do think that they will qualify and they'll probably either be first or second. Now, 
third and fourth are completely up for grabs. You got to remember, the third place team qualifies automatically to the World Cup. The fourth place team, you got to play Repechaje. Now, Costa Rica used to be kind of that team that, you know, you look at and you probably be like, oh yeah, Costa Rica will probably take the third spot. Here's the thing. The golden age of Costa Rican soccer is slowly going away. Simply because Costa Rica, their best players are very much older now. Brian Ruiz, Sergio Borges, Keylor Navas, uh, Brian Oviedo, Cristian Gamboa, Joel Campbell, Marco Reña. Like all those guys are in their late 30s now or mid to late 30s. You know, for a soccer player, 30, 31, 32, you're on your way on downhill. So, you know, that's that's what we're seeing from them. And I just don't think that, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to have their last hurrah. Now, it, they still have a chance, but I just, I don't see it. Honduras, Honduras is slowly building again. Now, Honduras had their guys. They had Pavon, they had Carlos Cosli, they had uh, Victor Bernardes, they had a bunch of guys that, you know, were their key players and, those guys got old. New guys are coming in. You know, they, they got guys like um, Anthony Lozano that plays in Spain. They have um, Arbir Ellis. They have Bonia Garcia. So, you know, they, they got some players. But I have not really been too impressed with them. And I just feel like they're always beatable. So, you know, that's them. Jamaica. Now, Jamaica is probably the giant of the Caribbean. They have a shot. You know, um, they got players. They got really good players. The thing is with them is you they can't they can't lose at home. You know, when you're receiving some of these teams, a lot of times they they'll draw they'll they'll draw points. You can't draw points on Concacaf. Um, now, I to be realistic, I'm Salvadorian, but I don't really see us qualifying for the next World Cup. I think out of the eight, shit, I'd be happy if we. <laughs> we're fifth or sixth honestly i just don't want to be bottom of that group um it's just right now they have a coach that just came in in march that's you know slowly working with the team you know he's brought in guys like eric Zabaleta. he's got joshua perez who plays in the second division of spain now who um you know he's he's showing some low glimpses here and there um Yet to debut is um, Enrico Hernandez Dueñas, who plays in uh, Holland. And I think that he can be somebody that can definitely help this team massively. Now, the thing about it is El Salvador has always had a problem with allowing coaches to come in and they don't let those guys work enough. Like, if you're hiring a new coach you have to let that coach come in and really work the system like really work with his system get his guys they need to practice they need to work and what happens very quickly is they fire them or they leave because of pay dispute and stuff they need to let Hugo Perez work Hugo Perez is coming in trying to uh trying to impose his system uh bring the players that he needs and really clean up La Federación de Salvador, or at least that that team. Um, his contract's until 2026. So honestly, like I'm not really hoping too much right now. But what I'm see, what I want is for this to build to next World Cup qualifying, and for that to be the one where they really show, like, hey, we're we're coming back now. Canada, I think, will take that third spot. I think Canada can be 
the team that they finally qualify for a, a massive tournament. Um, they haven't qualified since uh, the 86 World Cup in Mexico. And I think that Canada has the players to be that third spot. So I'm very excited for, for World Cup qualifying for the CONCACAF. And it's going to be very exciting. Um, I mean, personally for me, if it's not a boat, then very excited. But, you know, I'm a big fan of the United States. Uh, I, I've been to Costa Rica the last two World Cup qualifiers when they play Mexico. And it's a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. So, honestly, like, it's going to be very exciting. And I can't wait. And, you know, we we have to wait till this Saturday and then the following Tuesday to find out who's going to be the last eight. But in my opinion, it's going to be U.S., Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras, Jamaica. With that being said, this is probably going to be the end of my podcast for the episode one. Um, I'm hoping to drop this. Today is Tuesday. I'm hoping to drop this maybe by Thursday and then possibly uh, have one an, another one drop by the weekend. Now, that one's going to be mainly focused on Euro 2021. Now, we were supposed to have the Euro Cup next week, uh, last year. But obviously, due to COVID, we were unable to have the tournament. So um, I'm going to be doing a predictions for the whole tournament. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to be trying to do one once a week. Um, you know, after the after the next week, after Comebol uh, and CONCACAF qualifying is kind of over, um, I'm mainly going to be talking about the Euro Cup. And then whenever the Olympics get started, Copa Oro, Copa America, I'll be talking about those as well. Um, and then obviously when club season comes around, we'll be talking about that transfers, focusing mainly on Europe, a little bit of MLS, Mexico, you know, whatever leagues we can think of. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Really much appreciate it. Um, and yeah, if you guys can spread the word of the podcast, I'd appreciate it. This is the first episode of No Shingar, No Play. Oh, do, and oh, do, that, and